Broadcasting live to New York, Bloomberg 1130. To Washington, D.C., Bloomberg 991. To Boston, Bloomberg 1200. To San Francisco, Bloomberg 960. To the country, Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Radio Plus app and Bloomberg.com. This is Taking Stock. Coming up on Taking Stock, stagnation in Europe. Will the European Union allow bondholders to take a hit if banks go under? We'll find out more. Also, a look at the Federal Reserve and their interest rate policy. Coming up with Marvin Lowe, global market strategist for BNY Mellon. Right now, let's go to Charlie Pellet in the Bloomberg Newsroom for a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I thank you, Pim Fox. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are advancing on this Wednesday. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ all climbing. Right now, the S&P 500 index up 10 points at 2174, a gain there of five-tenths of 1%. Anheuser-Busch InBev has won government antitrust approval for its takeover of SAB Miller after the maker of Budweiser agreed to give up ownership of the Miller brand and open the door to greater competition from craft beers. Stocks are are advancing. We're seeing records as quarterly numbers out of Microsoft and Morgan Stanley spur optimism that corporate earnings can support further gains. Morgan Stanley posted profit that beat analyst estimates as the firm reported a surprise gain in bond trading revenue and compensation costs that were lower than expected. David Campbell, Baking Campbell, covers banks for Bloomberg News. Look, year-over-year revenue uh, at Morgan Stanley declined for the third out of the last four quarters. So the industry still has a revenue problem. Uh, There's no question about that. And obviously with the trading results, we always talk about how sustainable they are from one quarter to the next. Uh, This doesn't really give us any more insight into this. And right now we do have uh, shares of Morgan Stanley trading higher by 1.4%. United Continental Holdings flying higher as well today at the highest value in almost three months after CEO Oscar Munoz said he is reviewing all aspects of the airline's operations in an effort to boost profitability. Gold is lower by 1.1%, down 14.50 the ounce to 13.17. Crude oil, West Texas, intermediate crude up five tenths of one percent. Crude oil now up by twenty cents, forty four eighty five a barrel. Again, recapping the S and P five hundred index up ten to twenty one seventy four, a gain of point five percent. Two thirty two uh, on Wall Street. Now the other stories making news. Thank you, Charlie. From the Bloomberg Newsroom, I'm Ramey in Asensio. It's day three of the Republican National Convention. ABC News spoke with Eric Trump, who says it's been an incredible journey to watch his father become the nominee for president. When he becomes passionate about something, he sets his mind to it, and he does it. And you see that as you sit in this arena. I mean, this incredible arena with this incredible passion, and I'm proud of him. I mean, I'm just proud of the man. He's done such an unbelievable job. Eric Trump will speak tonight at the convention, along with Donald Trump's running mate, Mike Pence, and Texas Senator Ted Cruz. The people of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, are remembering their three slain police officers. Residents turned out at makeshift memorials, churches, and rallies with some faith and community leaders gathering to discuss ways to improve police relations with black residents. The officers were fatally shot by a former Marine on Sunday morning. Three others were wounded. The parents of the University of California student killed in Nice, France, are speaking out. Conrad Leslie says at first he and his wife thought Nicholas survived the attack. As soon as we landed in uh, Paris, we switched on our phones, thinking that we were going to get good news. But instead, we had a voicemail, and it said, uh, we had some news on your son. And unfortunately, uh, 
they said it was bad news. Officials say five people remain in custody for possible links to the attack. And the search is underway for four suspects who fired shots at NYPD officers last night. Police say the four drove past the officers and shot them as they were walking in Brooklyn and then fled the scene. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,600 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Ramey in Asensio. This is Bloomberg. Charlie. And we thank you. And again, recapping, stocks are advancing. The S&P 500 index climbing to a record up 10 points now, 2173. That is a gain of five-tenths of one percent. I'm Charlie Pellet, and that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio. The Fed in focus, the Federal Reserve. Is it on hold for rate hikes because of the political season? Let's find out more from Marvin Lowe, global market strategist, BNY Mellon, joining us now. Marvin, thank you very much for being with us. Well, thank you very much for having me again, Pim. Marvin, do you think that the Federal Reserve is going to do nothing because we are in the thick of the election cycle? You know what? I I personally do think that they are on hold. I think in addition to the election cycle, uh, we still have the potential uh, fallout from Brexit, which, while, you know, everyone's being pretty sanguine about it, um, still has a lot of questions that need to be answered. So what would those questions be that would satisfy you? Well, um, you know, the process itself is so unique um, that we really don't have a lot of history to kind of base it on. Um, I guess I would lean towards uh, the IMF report, uh, the report that the IMF put out um, earlier this week, which lowered global growth. So that's certainly a big question. And whether or not there's additional knock-on effects with regard to either tightening credit conditions throughout Europe or um, emboldening uh, potential other populist movements, which, you know, certainly have a basis not only uh, in the U.K., but around Europe and possibly even here. Well, I'm going to play to your title as the global market strategist for just a minute, because you mentioned the International Monetary Fund, and they came out with a report that suggests that Italy's economy will remain stagnant for the next, get this, 20 years. It is the Eurozone's third largest economy. Will what happens in Italy affect the United States? You know, what happens in Italy certainly affects the Eurozone. And what happens in the Eurozone, uh, we've seen from either a rates perspective or a um, risk-taking appetite, at least in the financial markets, certainly has an impact here also. Uh, Central banks have been successful in calming nerves in the past, and I think that's – the point in the cycle that we're at now. But without really addressing those problems, yes, they they will affect um, the U.S., they will affect the Fed's thought. You know, we are a citizen of the world. In that case, will we catch some of that helicopter money if Mario Draghi starts dropping it from the skies? Well, um, at this point, you know, helicopter money discussion really is more focused on Japan. I don't think the ECB has taken a... um, a very strong stance in going that way. But the trend of lower yields amongst the other central banks will have their impact on the U.S. yield curve. And while we've seen yields rise over the last couple of weeks, you know, they still are significantly lower since Brexit. And expectations are that, um, you know, the Bank of England, uh, the ECB and the Bank of Japan are possibly moving towards the next stage of monetary accommodation. If they do move to this next stage of monetary accommodation, what does that do to U.S. interest rates? Um, 
You know, it, it's an interesting time right now because at the same time that I'm having this conversation with you, there's certainly a lot of discussion about whether or not the Fed is going to try to hike rates again this year. You know, we've seen uh, the odds of a rate hike um, increase uh, significantly over the past few weeks, and there have been some you know, pretty high-profile stories in, in the press about the Fed ready to move again. Um, kind of trying to put all of that together. While the Fed, um, you know, certainly wants to increase rates to um, put additional bullets within uh, within their arsenal, uh, our yield curve is certainly influenced by a lot of these other yield curves. So the last time I was on your program, I really thought that we were in a period where we should expect kind of this range-bound or lower yield type environment. Um, even though we have backed up, we still remain relatively low by historical standards, if not at all-time low, still around the world. And I'll stand by that statement. I think that we need to deal and, and get used to this lower yield environment. Well, I'll just give you the details, right? The 10-year right now trades at 1.57. It is down 7.30 seconds today. Also, the 30-year bond is selling off down 21.30 seconds, a decline of a little bit more than half a percent, trading at 2.29%. All right, as a global market strategist, what do you recommend people do with their money? Well, again, um, you know, it really is a function of tempering expectations. And we kind of had a little bit of this discussion um, the last time I was there, you know, uh, really understanding that risk is part of the equation, that uh, volatility is probably something that we need to get used to, and finding the part of the market that makes sense uh, for your risk tolerance. Generating the type of uh, returns that you had from the fixed income market is going to be challenging. Uh, it certainly requires one to look at um, non-sovereign um, types of fixed income investments. If you're looking for that type of um, that type of return, you know we've seen really strong returns within the high yield world, uh, the investment grade space within the U.S. And it's you know for USD investors, it kind of makes um, the currency aspect a little bit easier. Continues to offer spread to to that treasury market, and it continues to uh, post positive returns in there. So it's that type of thinking that I believe. Um, investors need to, 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 to do rather than just simply looking at the government bond market. So do people have to get used to relative returns as opposed to absolute returns to a certain extent? To a certain extent, uh, to a certain extent. And, you know, that certainly uh, comes into your retirement planning process and everything else that goes along with it. Um, when you do have these sovereign yields anchored at these either very low and or negative uh, levels around the world, a relative return is something that um, you have to uh, take into consideration. Thank you very much for spending time with us and giving us uh, your thoughts. Marvin Lowe is Global Market Strategist for BNY Mellon, and they can be followed on Twitter at BNY Mellon. You're listening to Taking Stock. I'm Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg. The Fed in Focus is brought to you by Willoughby's since 1898. New York City's boutique camera store for precision-crafted Hasselblad and Leica cameras, plus a full selection of GoPro action adventure cameras. Willoughby's, corner of 5th Avenue and 31st Street.